Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Ann Gordon, here with my friend Anna Chavruta, Yerdena Osband, our Daf of the Day, Masachet Yevamot, Daf Mem Vav, page 46. Um, the Daf today is long. We're not going to cover it all. I'm starting on the towards the top, not exactly the top, of Amad Aleph. Rabbi Chia Bar Abba, Ikla Le Gavla. So Rabbi Chia Bar Abba was in a place called Gavla. And there, Chaza Benot Yisrael, Abran, Megerim, Shemalu, Velot that he saw that there were Jewish women who became pregnant from converts or partial converts because they were they had been circumcised, but they had not um, done tvila. They had not immersed to complete the conversion process, which of course is you know interesting because you would think that tvila is the easier part, right, of the whole process. Why wouldn't they've done this? But the point is that they were not fully. They had not yet fully become Jews. So what happens? He sees that the wine of the Jew, that the non-Jews were pouring the wine of the Jews, and the Jews were drinking it. Meaning, which is a prohibition of Yainesach or, or Stamienam, right? The issues of having non-Jews pouring wine that Jews are drinking. And he saw that there were um, tormusim, lupines, that the non-Jews were cooking and the Jews were eating them, which is a potential issue of Bishul Achum, right? The having a non-Jew do the cooking. There's, you know, all kinds of halachic loopholes of how we get out of that in a modern setting. But the bottom line is still that all of these issues were issues in that are really safeguarding, um, I would say, real societal gaps between Jews and non-Jews. But in this case, those gaps were were breached, right? And here's why, right? Even Rechia Bar Abba, who notes all this, doesn't say anything to anybody here. And then later he comes to Rabbi Yochanan, and he says to him, um, you know, he says to him whatever he saw, right? And Rabbi Yochanan says to him, say, let's go make a public declaration that the children of these unions, meaning the Jewish women and the almost fully converted men, that the children are mamzerim, and that the wine, and that the wine is forbidden because it's idolatrous. And likewise, the, the food that's these tormusine, these flowers that's cooked by the non-Jews, say that it's a problem of the special akum. Because they are not, and this is an interesting question. How do you translate this? They were not the sons of the Torah, whatever. But does that mean that they were not um Law abiding? Does that mean that they did not know Torah in a in a profound kind of way? Does it mean that they were lax? You know, it, and the the different possibilities of interpretation here, you know, also can affect. You know, how do you relate to these almost not fully Jews Jews who aren't fully Jews um, and the other non Jews in the area? Right. The the point is that they 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 truly were violating these issues. And the only way to kind of to get them to wake up to that was to make these pronouncements that were going to be very strenuous uh, against against the children, against the wine, and against the food. Um, I do just want to comment on the lupines, on these tormusine. They're flowers. So the question of whether they're the white lupine or the yellow lupine or what I know from my neighborhood as the purple lupine is unclear. What's interesting also here is that they seem to have seeds that were, you know, ready to be uh, a legume or whatever that kind of that kind of food um which then raises the question you know i said there are all these loopholes about how we get out of the bishul akum issue nowadays one of them is you know 
how expensive or how fancy is the food itself. And so I am unfamiliar with lupine seeds as as a delicacy or as a common food. But if they were a, if they were simply a common food, then you would think that this would not be an issue because because the parameters of where bishul akum kicks in um, would not apply to something that is literally you know an everyday boring kind of food. Um, the Gemara goes on al mamzirim. The Gemara explains that um, when we're talking about saying that these children are mamzirim, which think about it like that, that as the declaration to get them to to get the people to stop doing this to stop sleeping together, having these children is still a very strong statement. Rabbi Yochanan So then you have to understand that Rabbi Yochanan himself was still like, a, you know, following through his own line of rationale when it comes to these specific halachot. The Amar Rabbi Abba Amar Rabbi Yochanan, because we have this statement, right? The Olam Ein Ger Rabbi Yochanan himself is one who said straight up the person who is coming to convert does not count as a convert until he has both had circumcision and tzvila. So, you know, only being one step away from conversion, as far as Rabbi Yochanan was concerned, is still not conversion, which is the same thing as saying still a non-Jew, still a goy. Done. Goyhu. You know, he's simply a non-Jew as far as Rabbi Yochanan is concerned. So then saying that they're mamzerim, I don't know if we would nowadays use that vocabulary of mumsim. We've just talked about how a not the father is an Andrew, the mother is a Jew. This was yesterday's daf, right? That progeny is um, you know, j- just about across the board, kasher, right? So to say that that person is a mumser here it smacks to me of a decree to get people to wake up and stop doing this and waiting, you know, go wait for the tefila and then and then get married. But Amar Yochanan. And again, this is this is in response to that. The, again, these positions from yesterday that um that um Rabbi Barbarchana said that Rabbi Yochanan said that in that case where the father is not Jewish or an Evid Kanani and the mother is Jewish, then the Vlad Mamzer, then the child is going to be a Mamzer. So the point is that so as much as I want to say, oh, isn't Rabbi Yochanan making a pronouncement for the sake of being extreme to get people to stop doing that, the Gemara says, no, no, this is Rabbi Yochanan's position. Like, he always thinks that the that the progeny of this kind of union is a mamzer, and, and proclaiming it is, yes, it's designed to get them to stop, but it's also because he always thought that. It's not that he was he was establishing some kind of strange humor that was going to affect their status. Yeah, I think it's interesting to see sort of these three things grouped together um and i always like passages when the gemara sort of brings uh things that seem very disparate uh you know but like they somehow connect them to each other so i i thought this was interesting um i'm gonna hop down to uh a different passage here um which is an interesting machlokas i think i'm also drawn to it because of its relevance to pesach which is you know when we're going to be learning this stuff in this cycle Tanu Rabbanan. Okay, so we learned in a brisa, Ger Shomal below Taval. So let's say we have a convert who is circumcised but didn't actually go to the mikvah. Rabbi Eliezer Meharez Zeger. Rabbi Eliezer says that person is a full convert. Shekain Matsinu Ba'avotenu Shemalu below Tavlu. Because that's how we found our forefathers that after the exodus from Egypt, right, they were circumcised but they didn't actually go to the mikvah. 
Taval below Mal, right? Let's say they went to the mikvah, but they didn't do Mila. Rabbi Yeshua says, oh, that's also considered to be a full convert. Because that's what our foremothers did, is they went to the mikvah, but obviously because the women, they weren't circumcised. But the Chachamim say, Taval below Mal, but the Chachamim say, no, you need to have both. You have to have immersion and circumcision. Um, sorry, you know, in order to be considered a, a full convert. And if you just have immersion or if you just have uh, circumcision, you're not considered to be a full uh, a full convert. And now the Gemara once asks a question about this. But for Rav Yeshua, let him also derive this from our forefathers, not from the Imahot. But Rabbi Eliezer, Nami Nelif Mi Imahot. And Rabbi Eliezer, let him derive from the Imahot. In other words, why, they're trying to understand why does Rabbi Eliezer go the path that he goes? Why does Rabbi Yeshua go the path he goes? Right? And if you would say uh, that Rabbi Eliezer doesn't basically get his halacha from our for, from the Imahot, maybe it's because he holds one can't derive the possible from the impossible. In other words, he's not going to go to the Imahot because the Imahot, like circumcision wasn't even uh, a possibility. So we can't say that we don't require circumcision for men because women can't have circumcision because it's not even a possibility for women to have circumcision. And so they, you know, so they basically say, okay, that can't be true. They're going to quote a Bryce here. Baha Tanya, Rabbi Eliezer Amer, Minayin Lepesach Darochein Ba'ela Min Hachulin. From where do we learn that when it talks about the the Pesach that was done for generations, and we talked about this when we learned Masach Sachim, that there was a difference between the first Pesach versus the Pesach that was done for generations, the Pesach Lodorot. Okay. So where do we know that the Pesach Lodorot, right, that it can be brought from uh, Minachulin, from non-sacred animals? Ne'emar, Pesach Mitzrayim, right? It says that the, the, the Pesach Mitzrayim, Okay, that was that was brought. The Neymar Pesach Vidorot, and uh, right. So when it says that that and the, the Pesach that said uh, in reference for uh, for generations, Ma Pesach Amor Mitzrayim, just as the Pesach that was said in Mitzrayim, Ein Ba'ela Minachulin. That one is only doesn't need to be from sacred uh, animals. Avkan Pesach Amor Lidorot, Ein Ba'ela Minachulin. So too, therefore, the Pesach for generations also can be from. Uh, can be from Chulin. Amar lo Rabbi Akiva, so Rabbi Akiva says to Rabbi Eliezer, but can one derive a possible, meaning the halacha of the Pesach uh, Lidorot, can you derive it from the impossible, meaning the Pesach in Mitzrayim, right? Because there wasn't a possibility to get it other than from Chulin animals. Amar lo, so Rabbi Eliezer answers, Apal Right. Yes. He says, yeah, even though it was impossible to bring the Pesach in Mitzrayim from Hegdesh animals, from consecrated animals, it's still a big proof. And we can learn from it. So we learn from here that we see Rabbi Eliezer does hold that you can derive sort of the possible from the impossible. So then the question is, again, why doesn't he learn from the Imahot? Ella. Right. So rather, how do we explain it? Bitaval Velomal. Right, with regard to somebody who immersed but wasn't circumcised, Kule Alma, everybody, meaing both Rabbi Yoshua and Rabbi Eliezer, Lo Plagi Demahani. 
they agree that that halacha is going to be learned from the from the imahot, right? And and that basically that is a good to be that is a good conversion. You just need to have immersion without circumcision. What they argue about is circumcised but without immersion. Rabbi Eliezer Galif Me'avot. Rabbi Eliezer learns it from the Avot and compares it to the people who left Mitzrayim. For Rabbi Yeshua, Ba'avot Nami Tevilahave. Whereas Rabbi Yeshua disagrees and he says the forefathers, there also was um, was emergent. And then the Gemara is going to go on to figure out how exactly did they learn that. Um, so a couple of things. It's interesting to see generally Rabbi Eliezer, who holds by the school of Beit Shammai, and Rabbi Yeshua generally holds by Hillel, so what that usually means is sort of like uh, the school of Shammai and Eliezer. It's sort of law as we want it to be. And Beit Hillel and Rabbi Yeshua tend to be more mekel because it's sort of the law as it is. It's like it's understanding the world as you see it. And therefore, that's what you, you know, that's how you paskin. So it's interesting here to see Rabbi Eliezer, ultimately, at least the way the Gemara is understanding the Brisa, to take the more mekel position, because that's not usually what happens when Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yoshua uh, disagree with each other. Um, but also just this whole concept that sort of there was a conversion that had to happen, that somehow the Jews were missing sort of an essential part of who they were when they left Mitzrayim. And it wasn't just about them leaving in the Yitzhak Mitzrayim. Some type of conversion is very interesting to me. And that I, I actually had not seen this concept until I read this passage. I mean, I wonder how Rabbi Yochanan would have related to them. Yeah, I don't know. I, right, that's a great question. Like, how would all of this tie up by everything that we saw in this stuff? I mean, right. Like, it's easier to say, oh, those non-Jews who need to convert, right? It's easier to have that conversation about somebody who is born a non-Jew or an Evid or whatever. You're talking about the Jews leaving Mitzrayim who need to go undergo this process. I feel like we, you know, not to get too current events, but like, I feel like this is again, a contemporary issue of people who think they're Jewish and now they still have to go through this proceed, these processes. I feel like calling them Mamzerim, which is what Rabbi Yochanan basically does, or calling their children Mamzerim um, is harsh. Right. It's harsh. But also the idea that like Jews who left Mitzrayim who were slaves and weren't really in control had to like also undergo this process is very interesting. I, I, I just, it's not something I really had thought about before, but yes, it makes sense that maybe Mila wasn't done or they sort of, you know, I don't know, like maybe that the Tuma or the state that they were in was so low in Mitzrayim that they actually did need to sort of like rededicate themselves by, by converting in a way. Well, isn't that the line about the, about, the Korban Pesach, that they couldn't have it in the Midbar because they hadn't been circumcised and you can't have an Arayal. Right, there was no Mila done in the Korban Pe- in the Midbar, but I've never seen that in reference to the Korban of Mitzrayim. Like, that, that's that's interesting to me. That's our daft discussion for the day. Thank you for joining us. Rank us, review us where you get your podcast. Come talk to us on our Facebook page and tell us what you think of this stuff. Thank you to Rabbi Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. And until tomorrow, go and learn. 